Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quantum Empowerment Show. I'm your host, the Quantum Empowerment Coach. It is Christmas Eve today, and last night I spent a while talking with several friends who were dealing with what they call seasonal depression. Every year at this time of year, they have issues of depression and other emotional issues. And they have various ways of dealing or not dealing with it. And uh, I tried to help one of them understand that what he was doing was not beneficial, was not healthy. And he didn't want to hear it. He got defensive. And uh, even lashed out at me. I was feeling only care and love for my friend and trying to help him understand how this works, but he didn't want to hear it. But there are others who are open, others who will listen. This is not my opinion. What I'm about to share with you is scientific fact. I am a licensed health practitioner. I have studied it under many health practitioners of many kinds both traditional and alternative. I have studied under psychologists, therapists of various different types. I have read some of the most advanced scientific research and journals, and I have spent many, many hours in classes and other leading-edge presentations of scientists studying the most advanced information we have on emotion, health, and how the two are related. Mind over matter is no longer a theory. It is a scientific, proven, peer-reviewed fact. There are many papers and even books on the subjects now. There is an entire area of science devoted to understanding mind and emotion over DNA. How mind over matter is being used both consciously and unconsciously, aware and unaware, to reprogram our DNA, both in positive and negative ways. Now, in order to understand these things, you have to understand some specific aspects of reality that most people don't. This information has been coming out for decades. It's been scientifically proven for decades. And yet, there are many people who don't know or understand these things. There are many people who think that these facts are just theories. And in my classes I go into the deep peer-reviewed science, article after article that has been published that talks about the results of many, many studies, dozens, sometimes hundreds of studies that have been done with thousands of people to prove these things. I don't have time for all of that now, Obviously, this is just a podcast, but if you're interested in the further, deeper levels of this science, I go into this information in my classes. But here's a brief overview. The two main things you need to understand in order to understand the science behind the health issues of allowing yourself to stay in depression and use avoidance techniques 
coping mechanisms, as some people like to call them. To avoid the symptoms of these issues and avoid negatively influencing other people rather than resolving the negativity which they obviously to one extent or another since they avoid people when they're in these states and tell people that they don't want to bring them down quote unquote obviously they understand that these things are detrimental but often when we try to talk to them about it they want to believe that what they're doing is okay because they don't see the negative results that are happening in their bodies. They don't know that the health problems that they experience are directly related to their negative emotions. So the first thing you need to understand is that it has now been scientifically proven that what we see with our eyes is an illusion. What we touch is an illusion. It is what is now called a hologram, an energetic projection like the matrix. Everything is energy and information. What we call matter is nothing more than energy fields which give the illusion of solidity through touch. That illusion of solidity comes from the fact that energy is magnetic and it can repel. When we think we touch things, what we're really doing is experience the repulsion of the energy of our hands with the energy of an object. When we try to hold a ball, what we're really doing is experiencing the sensation of the resistance of the energy of the ball, the molecules of the ball, with the energy of the molecules of our hands. We're never actually really touching anything. It just feels like it because there's energy transference, there's sensation that is our body's interpretation of the energy that we're picking up, and so it gives the illusion of solidity. But as many people know from various experiences, including making love, we can get into states of consciousness, states of awareness in which where one person ends and the other begins can fade away and we experience intimate connection. This is a result of energy flow and transference, energy and information. But when you use microscopes to get down into molecules and look at what's in there, what we call atoms aren't really things. What we call photons aren't really things. They're balls of energy and empty space. And we can't even see a lot of that energy because a lot of that energy is beyond the visual spectrum. You have to go into ultraviolet, infrared, and other levels of light in order to be able to see that energy. A lot of it is invisible. Some of it is what scientists call dark matter. It's energy that's way outside of our visual spectrum. We can't see it. Scientists have proven that our eyes can only see less than 1%, possibly even one-tenth of a percent, according to some studies, of the known 
light spectrum in the universe, let alone what's beyond our technology as of yet. So you see, our eyes deceive us. And our eyes are extremely limited in what they're able to see. So what we're really experiencing is all energy. Now, the next thing that you have to understand, obviously this is a very deep and complex science. There's a lot of aspects to this. I'm only going over what you need to understand to understand these concepts. The next thing you need to understand is that we emit energy. Scientists have measured the energy that we emit, even just through our eyes. They've actually proven remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, OBEs, by measuring the light that one emits when they project themselves out of their bodies into another location and, for example, read a sign on the wall in a laboratory. They have measurement devices that measure the light in a dark room with this sign. And when somebody is floating there or standing there out of body reading this sign, the measurement device picks up about 15,000 photons per second. A photon is a light particle. That's 15,000 light particles per second coming from the location where that person is projecting their consciousness to read that sign. So even beyond our physical body, our spirits emit light. But our physical body produces enough electricity, for example, to light a light bulb. We've all seen videos, I would assume, most people know about it and, and have experienced it that I've talked to, videos of technologies being used, such as Nikola Tesla developed, to allow you to hold a light bulb. And the technology at the end of the light bulb that you're holding on to is designed to channel the energy of your body into the light bulb in a way that the light bulb can actually be powered by and the light bulb turns on. As anybody who watch the, watches the Matrix knows, our body produces enough energy to power an entire city. This is not new information. This is very proven science that's been around for decades. The whole concept of the Matrix is based on these higher levels of understanding of what reality is actually made of and how it works. There are some scientists that say it's more of a documentary, more fact than fiction. That movie. Now, the reason that this is important when it comes to emotion is because that energy that we emit changes frequency, vibration, the nature of that energy itself and how it functions and how it affects things changes depending on our emotional spiritual state, our energetic state, to use pure scientific terminology. 
The reason that I'm using both scientific and spiritual terms is to help you understand that this understanding has been around for thousands of years. This is not new information. It is only newly proven by science within the last 100 to 150 years. But it's not new. We have terminology in our culture like stage presence, describing women who are pregnant or in love as glowing, talking about the atmosphere in the room, it's so thick you can cut it with a knife. These different terms are terms we are consciously or unconsciously totally unaware that we are using to describe energy. The energy that people emit. What we call stage presence. When we talk about people lighting up a room with their happiness. What they don't realize, sometimes, some of us do, some of us are aware of these things. Some of us see these things. Some of us are able to actually see different levels of light with our eyes. According to scientists, the last few generations since the 60s have been progressively able to see more and more into the ultraviolet light spectrum, which is why more and more people have been seeing ghosts. Ghosts actually exist in a realm just a little bit higher in frequency than the physical realm in the ultraviolet light spectrum. Which is why when you see ghost hunters and these other shows on TV, they're using ultraviolet cameras, night vision cameras. Night vision is the term for ultraviolet light sensing cameras that allow you to see this level of light. Some of us can see it with our physical eyes. But regardless of whether you can see it or not, whether you're aware that you see it or not, the subconscious mind picks up a lot more information than we are consciously aware of. Scientists have actually been able to measure the energy, the information that our conscious and our subconscious mind are processing. And according to the last results of the testing that I've heard, we are processing trillions of inf bits of information per second, but we are only consciously aware of about 2,000. Again, it rounds down to about a 1% ratio. When you study the scientific measurement of our senses versus what our technology is now able to pick up about the universe, the number you keep hearing is anywhere from one-tenth of a percent to one percent is what we're able to pick up on with our physical senses. And it is scientifically proven that some people have advanced senses. They are energy sensitive, as we are now coming to call it. If we are emotionally energy sensitive, we can feel the energy of other people's emotions. We're called empaths. If we can feel or interpret the information coming from the mind, we are called telepaths. These quote-unquote psychic abilities are now scientifically proven to be energy abilities. What used to be called spiritual energy now is scientifically called just energy, different levels and kinds of energy. Or subtle energy is another word for it. Because it's more subtle, it's more fine, it's less dense, literally, than normal physical energy and matter. Our brains put out a different energy field 
than our hearts. And our hearts actually emit hundreds, possibly even over a thousand times stronger energy fields, stronger energy than the brain. There are also what scientists have often called brain cells in the heart. Scientists are now calling the heart a second brain. And it's also been proven that the heart actually tells the brain how to feel. It's not just the right side of the brain that processes emotion. The heart actually tells the brain how to look at things, how to feel about things to some extent. But in the Western culture, we are so trained. Other cultures aren't necessarily like this. There are some cultures that aren't like this, aren't trained like this. But the Western culture, or what we call the Western culture in our location of the world, which is obviously relative, in European and American traditions, we are taught to use our intellect, the left hemisphere of the brain, to analyze and interpret reality. But in other cultures, they're not. There are some cultures where children are actually raised in caves for the first year of or more of their lives in order to focus not on physical sight but on the heart and other non-physical senses the heart's interpretation of energy and sensations beyond the physical senses there are other traditions more scientific traditions that now do similar things, even to the point of blindfolding children. There are schools that teach children how to read using their intuitive psychic senses and not their physical eyes. There are videotapes on YouTube of these children reading while blindfolded with a multi-layered blindfold that very obviously you cannot read through. It's not faked. These are scientific tests that have proven that we can do this. There are more and more scientists talking about the science of superhuman ability. I've been talking about this for decades. Monks, martial artists, people all around the world study and use these non-physical senses and understandings. Olympic athletes, NASA astronauts, I could go on and on. I've been trained by various different practitioners in such things and trainers in such things, including a trainer who trained NASA astronauts. I've learned from a lot of different professionals in this arena. I've learned from an Olympic gold medal winner and athlete trainer from UC Berkeley, for example. These aren't my theories. This is proven science. Now, the next piece of information you have to understand, now that you understand that our emotions are more powerful than even the brain's energy, is to understand that it can affect reality. It has been scientifically proven that mind over matter is actually a mind-heart process. It is the brain together with the heart. The emotions create the power. The mind creates the concept the quantum program, the heart 
sends that program out into the universe to change our reality. It has been proven that healers trained in using heart energy to connect with other people's bodies can not only heal other people's bodies if people are willing to accept that energy, but they can even control and rewrite DNA. Healing practitioners have been scientifically proven to be able to even wind and unwind DNA in a laboratory. Mind over matter is a proven scientific fact and skill and we know the science of how it works and have refined the techniques and the trainings used. Some of the techniques that I use in my work with people and in my own self I have significantly refined after learning these scientific facts and processes which work even better than some of the techniques that I learned from spiritual or martial art practitioners. That's how advanced this science is. So it's not about learning from spiritual practitioners or scientific practitioners alone. There are some techniques from one side that work better and there are some techniques on the other side that work better. And combining the two, as I have done, has created some of the most powerful techniques in the world. For instance, I have combined various techniques to create a, a method by which I'm able to help people diffuse PTSD more powerfully than anything else I've ever seen. In as little as a few minutes, I can completely diffuse the emotional energy of post-traumatic stress, trauma, emotional baggage, whatever you want to call it. PTSD and trauma are just terms for different kinds of emotional baggage that we carry. Or we can carry, we don't have to. And that's again part of what I teach. And part of what's appropriate to understand here when we're talking about the effects of our emotions when we're depressed and feeling other unhappy emotions, especially habitually and chronically. Our emotions can affect our bodies, even our DNA. They affect our health. The scientific studies have proven what the Chinese have been saying in Chinese medicine for centuries and thousands of years, talking about emotions throwing off the balance in the body and creating ill health, creating illness. It has now been scientifically proven. There's an entire branch of science that's developed called epigenetics that is proven that the toxicity of the cells in your body is what leads to the growth of illnesses such as cancer. Cancer cannot grow in a positive, healthy environment. It has to have a negative, acidic, toxic environment. If you change the pH balance of the cells, you can cure cancer. Now, to give you real-world examples, there is a woman who went to a conference on emotions and healing emotions, letting go of emotional baggage. She had cancer. She was rolled in on a gurney. 
she could barely move. But during the conference, or seminar, or whichever form of information sharing it was, she learned and practiced what she had been taught on the spot. She let go of a grudge that she had been holding against someone she knew for decades. She suddenly felt way better. She could move. She got off the gurney, walked out, cured of cancer. This is not an isolated story. This has happened many, many times. Scientists have studied this phenomenon, tracked down these people, studied what happened with them, studied it as it happened. I have a videotape of a healing, a spontaneous healing, as they call it. Spontaneous remission is the scientific term for this kind of healing. And it doesn't work the way most people would think it does. It's not a normal, logical process. If we're taught to believe that healing takes time, that it's progressive, that the cells have to change. But, as I've talked about previously with the Matrix, reality is very much stranger than fiction. I used to believe, before I learned about this science, that what energy healers were doing were actually giving the body the positive energy it needed to empower it to actually speed up the healing process and reverse the cell degradation. Just speeding up the healing process, basically. Well, that's not actually necessarily how this works. It can be, but there are different ways this can work. And if you believe it, you open up a door in your mind that allows your body to instantly, or at least within seconds, heal. I have a videotape. Well, not tape. I have a video recording of a tumor in a woman's body, live on ultrasound, that you get to watch as healing practitioners come into the room and literally over a period of about three minutes, you get to watch as they work on this woman and her tumor literally fades out of existence. It literally disappears from reality, piece by piece, section by section. until it's completely gone. That video recording is from a medicineless hospital in China. There are such hospitals all around the world. And there are practitioners that do it outside of hospitals. I myself have done this with a cancer patient and helped her heal of cancer. Now, that being said, the big critique of scientists of this kind of healing is that it can return. And for a long time scientists were poo-pooing it because of that fact. Well, smart scientists actually took the time to research this and figure out why some cases come back and some cases don't. And it actually goes along with the story that I just told you a few minutes ago. What they found is that the cancer returns, or other illness, depending on what's being healed, it's not just cancer that's healed this way, 
But the illness returns if whatever is causing the cellular and energetic toxicity is not resolved. Basically, the state of the body is changed to allow healing. But if that state is not maintained, so for example, if you're consuming a lot of harmful chemicals in your food and water, or, and or, it can be a combination of factors, if you are holding on to a grudge, if you hate someone for something they have done to you or someone you love. Emotional energy is something that we hold in our bodies. We call it emotional baggage, but we often don't realize how literal that term is. But just as Chinese and other cultures medicine practitioners have claimed, science has proven it can actually be seen on energy scans. We hold that negative emotional energy in our bodies in various locations. Those locations are scientifically predictable because the thoughts and emotions have specific frequencies and aspects that correlate with different organs in the body. There's an entire book series written on this. And entire documentaries have been done on this. There's an entire list of different negative thoughts and emotions and the illnesses that they can create in the different areas of the body that they are associated with. That's how specific this science gets. Again, this is not my opinion. This is peer-reviewed and verified science. Your emotions affect your physical health. This has been scientifically known for a long time. We just didn't understand how it worked for a long time. Now we do. But even doctors, have, even on TV shows, have commonly talked about the fact that, for example, when one of a married couple die, especially if they're elderly, it is common for the other spouse to soon follow, and scientists and doctors actually call it dying from a broken heart. People talk about, scientists talk about depression and how it can lead to death if it's not resolved. You can die of sadness, you can die of a broken heart because that energy is stored in your physical body and it toxifies the cells. Everything is energy and everything affects everything else. And so that emotional energy changes the energy polarity of the cells and the substances, the chemicals and the material in your body and creates an acidic, toxic environment. What grows in toxic environments? Toxic cells. If you change the environment, you change the cells. And this is a double-edged sword. It goes in positive and negative directions depending on the change. 
You have entire forms of therapy that are developed based on this. You have emotional therapy. You have laughter therapy. Yes, that's literally a real scientific therapy used in some hospitals. You have color therapy, which is a form of light therapy. You have sound therapy. There are a lot of different therapies that are developed based on these scientific principles that we now understand about how our bodies and our health and our emotions are all interrelated. It's all one big energy system. The entire universe is all one big energy system. There are just different levels and kinds and frequencies of energy. But when you are unhappy because you are lonely during Valentine's Day, during Christmas, during any holiday time period, that emotional energy, if you don't know how to release it and let it go and not hold on to it, not stay in that emotional state and store that negative energy in your body, if you don't know how to resolve those mental emotional issues, you can toxify your body and create illness in your body, grow toxic cells, grow cancer. And, again, double-edged sword, if you go the other direction, if you resolve those negative emotions, those negative thoughts, those limiting beliefs, if you resolve your insecurities, I'm not good enough, I can't, I'm not worthy of love, I'm not worthy of help, I'm not worthy of support, I'm too stupid. These are all negative limiting beliefs that have been proven to not only sabotage your ability to actually do things in life, but also create negative emotional states and energy in your body that leads to ill health. There are people who get exposed to illnesses, very dangerous illnesses, all the time, and don't get sick. This does not happen by chance. Nothing happens by chance. Everything is a matter of cause and effect. So if you study these things like I do and you learn the cause, you can learn to create the effect. So, back to the original subject at hand. If you chronically, habitually experience depression or other negative emotions, avoiding thinking about these negative thoughts, avoiding dealing with the emotional baggage, loss of a loved one, mistreatment, whatever it may be, trauma, somebody dying around the holidays. If you do not learn how to work through these issues, how to deal with those thoughts and those emotions, you will not just hold on to the thoughts, you will hold on to the emotional energy. You will hold it in your body and you will create illness. It weakens your immune system, it weakens your entire body. There's an entire science studying the physical body's responses to energy. It's called kinesiology. And there are techniques called applied kinesiology or just simply muscle testing, 
with which we can prove that whenever you are thinking about or feeling about something negative, something unhappy, something unpleasant, it literally weakens you. You become weak. It's also proven that love is not weakness. It's just the opposite. Just as spiritual practitioners have been saying for thousands of years, we now have scientific proof that negative emotions are lower frequencies of energy. Positive emotions, especially love, are higher frequencies of energy and literally empower you and make you stronger. Love, and there are different kinds and levels of love, unconditional love, compassion, are such strong emotions, they are said to be the highest, most powerful emotions. Love is stronger. Love itself can heal. If you feel the feeling of love in your heart, and you let that feeling become stronger than any other feeling, and you spread that emotional energy through your entire body and stay in that state for even as little as three minutes, there are dozens of processes, positive, beneficial, immune-boosting, healing processes that you activate in your body. It is scientifically proven. 